everyone, this is Izzy, the founder of the blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. You are currently listening to Sounding Out, the podcast where I speak to friends, from musicians to producers to zine makers and promoters, about their experiences as women and queer femme people in the music industry. As always, please don't forget to give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. Today, I speak with the amazing team of women at the Philadelphia record label Diamond Dog Records. Diamond Dog Records was founded by a crop of young female music business majors at Drexel University, and the label was founded on the principles of pushing more femme artists in the music world, in addition to promoting more indie music as well as the safety of women at work in the industry. We chat about the genesis of the label, the artists they've signed, fighting sexism at work, and much more. But before we get into this episode... I would like to remind my listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket, so if you would like to help me make more episodes and maybe help buy me a coffee, then head on over to my Patreon for unedited episodes of the podcast and more chill conversations with guests outside of the interview process. Those who join my Patreon will get access to patron-only video essays and exclusive voting power for future artists that I cover on my YouTube channel as well. So head on over to patreon.com slash girls to sound sense, that's girl with three R's, to subscribe. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. All right. Um, so would you like to each introduce yourselves and um, uh, what you do? Um, I'll go ahead and get started. So I'm Agatha, and I am the head of artist management at Diamond Dog. I'm Haley, um, and I am the head of a and I'm Kat, and I'm the head of label management and business operations. And I'm Mina. I do publicity and marketing at Diamond Dog. Very nice. Um, and you guys um, are all in Philly, correct? Yeah, we are. So I'm curious about when the label became um, sort of the seed of an idea for you guys. I think like November, December um, of last year, obviously um, in the midst of quarantine, we all were just hanging out one day um, and kind of realized like we all have very different interests in the music industry um, and very different experiences. Um, like Agatha has a lot of experience with artist management. Kat obviously does like label management, distribution. Haley has experience with AR. Um, Sophie, who's not here today, um, is an artist herself. So she has a lot of experience on the production side. Um, and I have experience mainly in journalism, publicity. Um, so I think that we all realize like if we could come together and create something to make a difference in the industry, um, make a difference for women in the industry, that we should just give it a shot. So that's how it kind of came together. Very nice. And when was the moment that um, I would like to ask each of you, uh, when music first sort of popped up for you in your lives, your individual lives you can think of? I I grew up in Philly, I spent, like, like my whole life in Philly. And from like 
a preteen age and going on, I used to tag along with my sister to like those post hardcore shows she would go to like pierce the veil. And like that scene at the time where it was very much like pierce the veil, sleeping with sirens, falling reverse. Um, so that kind of gauged my interest in like subgenres of rock. It definitely expanded from those bands, but I think to work in the music industry, I think one of my like core memories was finding out. So at Drexel, obviously the music industry program, my sister had a friend who was going to do it. So I was like, oh, that's like a degree. Like you could (laughs) get a job in the music industry and stuff like that. So it kind of clicked. And also I kind of knew I could never be on stage. Like I'm definitely not a performer, not talented with instruments, but I always wanted to be involved in some way, even if it's just like behind the scenes. I really like the idea of um, being part of creating the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can go. Um, I feel like for me, it wasn't like, I don't think it was one moment. I think I've always kind of been drawn to music. My family's very musical. Um, my mom sings. My dad has always kind of been into collecting records. And then like everybody else in my family plays an instrument. So it's always kind of been around me. So it was always something I was immersed in. Um, I guess when I really knew that it was something I could like, I would want to do full time wasn't really till I was in high school. Um, I had no plans of doing music full time, but I think in high school, I really realized it was something that um, actually brought me joy. And it was like a passion and not just something that I was just going to do to make a living out of. Um, So I think that was kind of my big moment was when I went to like Drexel's music industry camp um, when I was a junior and kind of got to meet all these other people who had the same passion that I did and got to kind of experience some of the same things that everybody else was kind of feeling and why they were all interested. And that kind of made me realize that there were so many people who felt the same way I did. So I kind of just, that kind of gave me the push. Um, For me, I started out with instruments and I chose to start with the flute because it made me feel really elegant. Um, And then I played instruments my whole life. And then when I got to high school, I also realized that I didn't want to perform in orchestras for a living. Um, So I also did a high school intensive for music industry at UArts, actually. And there I met a lot of people and I kind of um, was exposed to both sides, technology and business and entrepreneurship. And then I kind of gravitated towards like record labels, contracts, stuff like that. And then uh, when I was talking to a professor, he referenced me to a record label for like an internship. And that's kind of where I began. And I fell in love with it. For me, I grew up in Los Angeles. So I guess music has always just kind of like been around me, um, music entertainment. I went to like a performing arts high school. Um, and yeah, just like grew up, grew up like surrounded by music. Um, but I think for me, like a moment that stands out was one of like the first writing gigs I ever had um, was for this magazine called Affinity Magazine. And I did an interview with um, the singer Grace and Chance, who like was really big, like in like the 2010s. Um, he like was got famous from like Ellen. That's like a whole nother thing. But um, he kind of like made a comeback and. 2018 2019 so I interviewed him um on like his first tour back um he played at the Roxy and I guess just like having that experience and like getting to meet someone that I had like looked up to for so long was like insane just like having that experience I was like wow like I could really do this for the rest of my life and um that 
experience in music journalism kind of just turned into doing marketing and now publicity. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Um, and I'm curious about um, how, what I really, what really stood out to me about the label is um, how um, smart you guys are about uh, your marketing, like sort of branding and everything. And I also really love how it's all led by young women, um, or mostly young women. I was um, sort of curious about um, how that idea came about with all um, the issues there are in the music industry, all the inequities and everything. If you're a woman in the music industry, you can ask any woman in the industry and they're going to give you like a horror story about like an issue with a man. Like I remember one of my first gigs in the music industry, I was assumed to be a groupie. And nothing like groupies are the backbone for many bands, but to assume I am one just because I am a woman at a rock show, kind of misogynistic and definitely like (laughs) wasn't expected and definitely like, I think it like definitely stood out to me. I'm like, oh man, like this is, this is one of these experiences that like is going to stand out to me for the rest of my life. But being a woman in the music industry, you do get fed up with just always having to deal with men. And sometimes it's just really refreshing to just be in an all-female company surrounded by females who have the same understanding you do, who have been through through similar experiences you have. Um, And it's just kind of smooth sailing. I also feel like no matter what, um, most of the time, if you're working with a male, there's going to be some unevenness to it. There's not going to be an equal level of power. So um, I think that kind of drove us definitely to be an all-female run company. I think like piggybacking off of that too, even in the past six months of running this company, we've had experiences with like male managers, male artists that have just not been pleasant. Like we had someone come to us and be like, give my male artists like more money than you're giving your female artists. And we were like, what about this company being run by five women? Like makes you feel like you can come in here with your entitlement and ask for us to give your artists like more money than female artists because they have might have more Spotify streams. It's just males have so much entitlement, especially in this industry that we knew we had to make a change. Yeah, for sure. That's, it's unsettling how common that is. And like the story you just told about like some male manager being like, Oh, you owe my art, my client more money. Like, 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 the fact that it's so normalized that they were just ex- that they had grown to like expect that like like think that that was the right way to to conduct business it's 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 really wild for sure and that was like another reason why like i started m- my blog and why um women and queer people too is because like and even coming in like i had heard those horror stories too and i was like oh god like I'm scared to do this. Like, and what's great is that it only proves like how vital the work you guys are doing is. Also, I was curious, I wanted to ask each of you, what are some um, records that you heard um, throughout your life 
that you feel like sort of changed the way you thought about music? I feel like I hate to talk about men, but like Frank Ocean's Channel Orange is one of my favorite records of all time. I feel like every time I listen to that project, I'm like, damn, he's so talented. Um, Lord's first album, Pure Heroin, Phoebe Bridgers, Stranger in the Alps. Um, I've randomly been listening to like a lot of Casey Musgraves recently, which is like not my normal vibe, but good stuff. She's got some good stuff. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, I think for me, one of like the biggest ones that really stuck with me was Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Um, especially because around the time um, Black artists weren't played on all stations. They kind of just had their own station. And since he was so big and the music video that went with it was so big and he like broke MTV records, I think that was like a big album that stuck with me just for him being a Black person to be able to kind of break that mold. And then I think another one, Kanye West, College Dropout. While he's not the best person, that album was such a amazing album. Love that album. Um, I think I could listen to the whole thing through and through. Um, Beyonce, the Lemonade album. I feel like that was a really good album. Um, there's not a single skip. And I think those are like my my biggest albums that like kind of to me like were monumental in like my mind as a full like project so yeah those all kind of stuck with me I get that you go first I'm still thinking (laughs) um every anytime someone asks me like what my favorite album is I I don't really have one but this one does this look infected by some 41 like just always like sticks out to my head because I in my head because I think that album like really plunged me into like discovering more subgenres of rock um that's what I tend to listen to um and probably also like Buckethead I think is one of my biggest like someone I like hold on like a pedestal in the music industry because I think he is one if not the only person who is purely in the music industry and making music to have and make music um he used to give out like he used to sell his albums for like whatever people could afford it for um he has hundreds of albums and hundreds of singles and um even through his like sickness currently he's still making music and i in for like little to no profit but i love him so okay i think i got one so um there's this girl <laughs> her name is sasha sloan um currently on her vibe but she does have this one song and it's not like on an album yet but like that's coming soon um but it's called thank god and that song just kind of like talks about how you might not feel like you fit in anywhere but also like you do fit in somewhere and like I don't know for some reason that just kind of speaks to me and it's also talking about how like even though like things might happen in life like there will always be a place for you to be a part of and I just love that so, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I had a follow up that I, uh, oh, yeah. Um, so, like, um, I love, like, what you said about Michael, ja- like, Michael Jackson. I'm not sure if you got, did you guys see that, like, this, like, went viral after his death, but that clip of David Bowie confronting an MTV um, news anchor and being like, why aren't you playing more Black artists on the station? Like, before Thriller, like, sort of broke through. I have not seen that personally. 
Uh, I I didn't even know that that was like had come out, but I think that's very nice. Like I think that's cool to see other artists, especially white artists, trying to like help boost um, black artists in the industry. I feel like at a time, at that time, they were not. There's like always was a subgenre of something like a black station or a black version of MTV or there was black TV stations. And like, those are still around today and they're still nice and everything. But I think at the time it wasn't about having something separate. It was about having not really being equal, but being heard in the sense that we don't have to separate everything we do. Um, And that there are black artists who are just as good or even better than white artists. So I felt like Michael Jackson having that moment with the thriller music video on MTV was like very monumental just in my mind because nobody like everybody talked about how they had never seen a music video like that and how it just kind of changed the game for MTV and like he still holds the record for that so I think that's why it's so like important to me like in my head and that whole album just sticks with me because of that moment. I'm also curious about how um, you all met each other was it was it basically through um, the programs that you did um, at Drexel and studied? Um, Haley, I, and Sophie knew each other prior to going to Drexel because we did the intensive together. But all of us kind of eventually came together once college started. Yeah, we all met. Ooh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say, this is like actually my favorite story to tell. Me, Haley, and Kat, and Agatha all had music theory together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m., bright and early. And so me and Agatha sat on one side of the room, and Haley and Kat sat on the other side of the room. And I literally don't think we ever talked to each other. Like, we literally, like, our teacher was so strange. He would, like, say the most out of pocket stuff. And everyone was just like would just look at each other from across the room like what is this man talking about what is he doing where is the music theory and all of this and somehow we all just like became friends started hanging out started going to lunch together Sophie and Haley were roommates so then she started hanging out with us and it just happened it was like magic I like genuinely don't know how the four of us like actually came together like I that's like the one whole like in the story that I cannot figure out like I know that we were all in the class together and I know that Kat and I sat together and that Agatha and Mina sat together and it was like a mutual I guess like agreement that we hated the class but like I there's some like giant missing piece like I have no clue I I, I just like don't remember Kat in that class like I, I don't remember I just do because she so one of our artists that we have now actually used to sit next to me in that class for like the first two weeks and then I came in one day and Kat was sitting there. And I was like, oh, this girl is probably just not nice. Like she, We've all had our assigned seats, so they're like unofficially assigned. And she just changed our seating chart up. And I guess I was fine with it because she didn't sit in my seat, so I didn't really care. But <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Mina like used to pick me up from like my dorm and we'd walk the class together. It was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how the four of us, I mean, maybe we had breakfast together one time. I don't think we've ever done that. I like don't think we've ever like sat there. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we started having breakfast until second term. Like I think the fir- like I yeah. just don't know uh, how first term we all I don't came together. Oh, I think okay. So Sophie and Agatha actually like got y'all got together one time, and she offered for me to come meet you. Like again, like I already knew you, but back long story short, Agatha and I 
had a little a tiff that Agatha didn't know this is a tiff. <laughs> <laughs> Agatha and I were not close. It's like, like, years, it's like five years later, it's still being. I know. I talk about it often. <laughs> Agatha brings it up too. She'll be like, Haley didn't like me. So we had some unknown tiff. And so he was like, um, do you want to come see Agatha? And I was like, I don't know. And so we went and then I realized she was actually a nice person and I was just being dramatic. Um, so then I think that <laughs> just helped kind of too. Cause then I was like, okay, I know Agatha. I just I don't, don't think I, I sitting next to her. I don't even, I don't think I ever went to the breakfasts because like I, you had another class. I know. Yeah. I remember that you had okay. a class. I think you and Mina had like piano next. Like Kat and I had breakfast together. Did have piano I remember Kat and I having breakfast. I don't remember them being. I thought Kat was in our I piano class. Was in that piano class. I don't it wasn't that I had breakfast with. I don't know, but I'd like to point out we did study together and that might've been why. When did we study? I did not study with you. Only that one time. <laughs> yeah. We studied that one time in Millie, and yeah. that was it. Oh my god, I remember. But we were already like the end of the term. Yeah, yeah, we were already friends. Like I don't know how. I don't know. Long story short, it happened. I, we like, had we had a class together, and the rest is history. I don't have to figure this out later. The hole is annoying me. <laughs> it's amazing how like murky memories get as the years go on, right? Yeah. Um. So. I wanted to ask you guys about this too, because um, I noticed that whenever I've been to Philly, like I've noticed that you guys have some amazing record shops um, and uh, little boutiques. And so I was wondering like what some of your favorite places are to sort of like go digging. Based off of like the music I listen to, I really like Vinyl Altar. It's like metal based record shop it's off of south street what's that record shop on south street i can't think of repo is also good but they don't really have my my stuff so i like repo for the posters i'm also a fan of repo they randomly have every single frank ocean vinyl um available which makes no sense because he just does not release those so love them for that I did apply to Repo earlier this year. Got rejected, but it's fine. I knew that was coming at the end because whenever she starts with, I applied earlier this year. <laughs> no, but tell, me, tell me how someone was like, I've, I've been applying for 10 years and I finally got the job. 10 years. Oh my God. Oh, I forgot. Um, <laughs> I have this place near my house. It's called Tunes and they have like a dollar section and they always put the classical ones there and I love listening to classical music sometimes so I get those and then sometimes I paint on them for fun <laughs> put them on my wall I'm not from there yeah. so I only know repo uh-huh. I, like, I like getting my records off of Etsy I don't know why there's like a great selection on Etsy and they're all like vintage secondhand mm. yeah. I also only just started getting into records so I'm kind of biased to what I could say <laughs> yeah I, w- I actually uh, just went to visit um, one of my friend's a few weeks ago and we went over to repo and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I agree. The posters are really cool there. Um, I was like, Oh my God, look at that half tone, my bloody Valentine shirt. I want that. Another question that I had was, um, are there any artists on the label right now who you would love to shamelessly plug? All of them. I think we just want to shamelessly plug all of them. Like they're all doing amazing things. Um, I know that Ihan has new music coming out soon. Christina has new music coming out. They all have new music coming soon. 
Um, so I think like all of them, I feel like are doing really good. And I feel like a lot of them have improved. I know the first three that we had have definitely improved since we started. And I think that has been like, I don't know, like, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I do feel like we've all kind of enjoyed seeing it come to where it's been now. Like, I feel like seeing us kind of grow people as artists and being able to build their cred has been like something amazing. So I think all of them are a big shameless plug, you know, follow Ehan, Christina, Nicole, Natalie Barth, Joey Mycinelli, um, Jackson Craig and Lena Pine. Nice. Um, Another thing, another fun question I came up with, uh, what is each of your most rotated song on Spotify or Apple Music right now? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Um, mine is Dior by Pop Smoke. <laughs> Love him. Love him. Rest in peace. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, I have one. I get a, a lot... I, Sometimes TikTok gives me really good songs to listen to. Crying Lightning by Arctic Monkeys is, it's like their, one of their first albums, but it's fantastic. That song is amazing. That whole album's great, but that song, that's been like playing multiple times a day. And what a legacy too. Like that indie Tumblr moment when AM <laughs> came out and everybody and their mother became indie Tumblr girls. <laughs> that was a moment. I was yeah. one of them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> literally, literally hearing the words Arctic Monkeys triggered me. Um, like I said, Casey Musgraves is my woman right now for some reason. Space Cowboy. I've also been listening to a lot of Haim, their album, Women in Music Part 3. Incredible. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Georgia Smith, um, Mahalia. Um, they're both kind of like R&B, neo-soul type artists. Um, I've also been kind of on, like Agatha, I've been listening to some TikTok songs. The Neighborhood's Daddy Issues song, I kind of fell in love with that from TikTok. Um, Why do you only ever call me when you're high? Um, so I've started to really like, I only like the TikTok songs though that aren't like, like mainstream. <laughs> like, yeah aren't super mainstream so yeah so that's kind of what I've been rotating right now maybe I'll plug this in too but a Philly band called career club great band love those guys they're so nice they're fantastic you should listen to them cool how do you spell that c-o-c-o-u-r-i-e-r club oh courier oh okay sweet oh English was my first language I'm so sorry (laughs) I don't even know if that is how you pronounce it. That's just how I read it no, when I read right. it. <laughs> right. I'm just not right. Yeah, nice. Um, what's some of the ways that you guys, because um, I know that like as the pandemic and lockdown had kicked in for the past year, um, I was wondering what you have each like sort of noticed about the changing landscape of the way the industry was forced to like sort of alter its business practices. I'd say one major thing that I've noticed is just the shift to a more technologically advanced industry um, with like the introduction of NFTs and more blockchain uh, technology based 
mechanisms, um, which can get like super confusing, but also I think it's really important that everyone kind of like does their research on it, especially blockchain, because that is definitely how a lot of things are going to be operated on in the next like decade, not even two decades, like one decade. I think by the end of it, distribution will be through blockchain. Metadata will be like encrypted in blockchain. And that's just like how it's going. And I just see it like going toward it full speed ahead. I think a a lot of artists like realized how important touring was. A lot of artist income comes from touring. So a lot of bands, artists, labels like had to switch to like a online concert system and stuff like that. We've definitely seen like a increase of like live shows through the computer. I think for me, just coming from like a journalism and press standpoint, I feel like it's gotten so much easier, like through the pandemic with not having to coordinate schedules as much um, when trying to schedule interviews for artists or having to kind of figure out like where you can get them in, what placements you can get on my desk to be like, okay, cool. Hop on a Zoom call at 3 p.m. and then it's done. Just so much easier. And I do hope that that, like as much as I want live to come back and as much as I want things to be in person, just because you don't get the same connection through a screen, it has been so much easier. And I do hope that people will keep like doing stuff online because it's so much easier. Yeah, I definitely think for like my side of things, I... I kind of like the online aspect of it. Um, A&R has never really been too much of like a ton of in-person meeting. I mean, obviously you try meet in person because you want that connection. But I do know one thing that was different was, I mean, a lot of A&Rs that I talked to like to do a lot of like reading hard copy magazines. And then they go to shows to actually listen to people, which I think is something that is fun like to actually do. I know that's one thing that I would love to do, but obviously haven't gotten the opportunity um, and while all of that stuff is nice, I feel like you can do that plus what's happening now, like listening to people on TikTok and then kind of reading like the online magazines and the online music reviews and college magazines and stuff like that. I feel like it's a fun way of doing things. So I do like how um, A&R looks online. I don't think that has to be something that's fully in person. I feel like they can like live together, if that makes sense. I don't think it has to be one or the other and I feel like that's something that the music industry has started to kind of understand I feel like they've been one of the industries that just live on like paper (laughs) like just like solely live in the world of like paper is better and I feel like besides kind of what Kat was talking about and then the touring industry I feel like it doesn't hurt to be online like I feel like being online is kind of the way the, the world is moving and I feel like now the music industry has finally caught up I also think like the ugly side, sorry, the ugly side of this whole pandemic needs to be like shown through because like a lot of especially in live music venues are shutting down. Voltage Lounge in Philly is finding it so hard to just like stay afloat with their doors open without shows happening. So um, it's definitely it's definitely easy for some and then hard for others. So it really depends. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mina, just out of curiosity, I see um, posters that look like Lord and Phoebe Bridgers behind you. Um, who else is on there? Um, we've got two of Lord. You can't see it, but I have like Tyler the Creator's Flower Boy and Mac Miller's Swimming. Um, Scissor Control 
should have won that Grammy. Um, did I say Harry Styles? Harry Styles. And then, yeah, Lord and Phoebe Bridgers. Um, what is something that you each wish you knew um, before getting started um, in the business? That I would, like, never sleep again. <laughs> like, I kind of I wish I had valued my sleep a little bit more than I did two years ago. Um, I feel like I, like, have not slept like like real like real sleep like and I realized that when we started this when Kat like would message us at like 11 p.m and I was like it's time to go to bed and then it was never it's not there's no bedtime there's just no bedtime there's no nine to five yeah so I think I I wish I needed to like know I had to like live off coffee I, I was gonna say I wish I was like Mina because Mina's really good at time management and I thought I was I thought it was good at time management and then everything happened. I'm like, damn, never mind. You know, you say that, but right now I'm working a nine to five during the day at a publicity company. And I literally was awake till one in the morning yesterday working on like this, working on a press release for one of our upcoming releases. So my time management skills seem to be going down the drain. And I'm also in California right now. So I'm three hours behind everyone. So I'm like sending texts to our artists at like midnight their time being like hey can you send me this and then being like oh just kidding send me it tomorrow because you need to go to bed <laughs> so sleep I agree I don't know I think it's just more like like knowing that you had to do so much in order to make it like I think like we talk about this all the time but like we like compare ourselves to people who are the same year as us in college and we just find that we do so so much because we have to but like some other people like we have co-op here at Drexel so people just like go on their co-op and then they're like done for the year but like for us like if we don't have an internship every single quarter like we're stressed <laughs> we also don't get help like we yeah, like our, we were given zero help they were like we were sold this like dream like that helps you out and that's why I'm not gonna lie that's why I'm at Drexel and then you get there and you're like okay they're gonna help me get a co-op and I'm gonna have a co-op and I'm not gonna do any work and then the first day we meet their co-advisors they're like so like you know have fun and I was like have fun doing what you gotta meet with your co-op advisor (laughs) (laughs) um also most of us work like another part-time job so like there's like at least three things on our plates at once and then we're crying sometimes so <laughs> you gotta fit that in <laughs> yeah I feel you for sure um having to just like schlep like all the time and then like go and do another thing where you're promoting stuff and yeah I I I, I know exactly what you mean I definitely feel you guys um also um out of curiosity, do you have any favorite like releases of the year? I'm going to be honest. Like I'm really horrible at keeping up with new music. I, like I said, am still listening to Heim's album from three years ago. Um, but there's this artist called Maude Latour. She's like super cool. She goes to Columbia. Like she's literally a genius. Um, I got to interview her like a couple months ago and she is like one of the most talented, smartest, just like most intellectual people I've ever met. She just released a new song called Clean um, this past week. It's incredible. She's incredible. She just signed to Warner. 
I think everyone should listen to her because she's going to be huge. Um, Georgia Smith, she's who I mentioned before. She just released a new album. Um, I just really like her because she just like really reminds me of like Lauren Hill. And I like really love Lauren Hill. I really love her music. Like I love that Lauren Hill released one album that did amazing and she never sang again. Um, I think that that's like an amazing ability to have um, to be that good. And I feel like Georgia Smith is like top tier level, like that good and doesn't really get the recognition she deserves. Um, so she just released an album, like just, it was in the past year, but, um, it's really good. And she has a lot of good features on it. Like LMA was on it with her. And then she's like, she'd mentioned one time that she plans on working with Doja Cat on something. So like, I feel like she's like just top tier level for Neo Soul. Um, I think in the past, like two months, my top like new releases are the Pop Smoke album the Kanye album, and the Elenium album. They're just all masterpieces. Did Kanye release the album? Yes. I oh, have. Don, Donda, right? Yes, Donda. It so, came out already? Yeah, it's only on Apple Music, though. So I let have me know and I'll, get, I'll send you the files. <laughs> There's this New York City photographer who recently started a metal band called Melissa and it's New York city based. It's fantastic. It's crazy. It, it like was released through like flesh prison records, but it's crazy. And every like song is like named after like, is it just like a person's name, but it's crazy. It's a good album. I just have to say every time Agatha mentions like some of like one of her favorite things, the name just screams Agatha's genre. <laughs> like I'm over here like flesh person. That sounds scary (laughs) is the band called melissa yeah they're like they're kind of it was kind of difficult for me to find on spotify but let me show you i was like looking through my library the photo's not popping up but melissa melissa oh very cool (laughs) it's it's called flash screen it's um released through flash prison records yeah the band's called melissa and then I think they're like first, like, I think it's just like a self-titled album. Hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, Agatha, I wanted to ask you like, um, cause I too am a metalhead and a, a early 2000s pop punk person. So I was just wondering like what some of your favorite um, records in that realm, in those realms would be like top three. Oh my god. Um I like I like all the knocked loose records. I love knocked loose. I love mayhem. Like the early mayhem with like dead and euronymous. Um and what else? Great American baseball. That's a good hardcore band too. I'd like I don't I'm like I'm not a person to like listen to a whole album. I kind of just listen to the whole discography. If that makes sense, but if I like the only albums I really kept up with are like Knocked Loose, like Belleville. No, it's called Light Darkest Shade of Blue, Lightest Shade of Blue, and Laugh Tracks. Um, but yeah. If we're talking about like pop punk, like early days, I was I don't think I was really into like pop punk. I was into like like the post hard quotations, post hardcore, <laughs> like falling in reverse, even though 
kind of controversial now. Sleeping with sirens, pierce the veil, a day to remember, stuff like that. I was definitely a warp tour goer. Hmm. Definitely love warp tour. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, what a time too. I um I'm a have you read uh, Andy Greenwald from Spins Magazine, his book Nothing Feels Good on it, it like it's a chronological like uh history of um early post-hardcore movement in Washington, DC, all the way to like um early to mid 2000s emo and warp tour. Hmm. Um I've not read it, but something I'm I'd be into that definitely. Yeah. Strong, <laughs> strong recommend. Nothing feels yes. good. Um but yeah, um Thank you so much, guys, for joining. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Like where you want to tell tell us where people can find you on social media and everything and um, anything coming up to watch out for? At the end of August, Joey and Lena will be performing at Flow State Festival outside of Albany. I will be there in support. <laughs> so, <laughs> And as their manager, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Like Haley said, um, we have a lot of new music coming. In September, we've got two tracks dropping. Um, so yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. You can find any news on our Instagram at diamond.records, our website, diamonddogrecords.com. If you want to send us music, diamonddogrecords at gmail.com. Yeah, hit us up. Awesome. Thank you so much um, for joining me today. And um, I'll let you guys uh, get on with your day and your busy schedule. And, and um, I had a blast talking to you guys. Um, have a good one. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy, and a big thank you to the team at Diamond Dog Records for joining me. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. My blog is IzzyShutUp.com. My Instagram page is at a girls to sound sense, and my Twitter is at MissAnthropeI. Make sure to check out my Patreon. I would be so grateful, and you will also be acknowledged in all of my YouTube videos as a thank you. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.